Season 3, Episode 2, February the 2nd, 2022. Hi, I'm Louis Lampley. Welcome to this edition of Journey of Discovery. In this episode, I will continue the eight-part series on Christology with the focus on cultivating a correct view of the exalted Christ, part two. He was in the form of God, said Paul to the Philippians. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but made of himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. In his record of the gospel, the Apostle John opens with a statement on the deity of Christ, that is, his divinity. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That small word, was, is a powerful verb. The verb was highlights the pre-existence of the Word, that is, Jesus Christ. In other words, before the universe began, the second person of the Trinity always existed. That is, he always was, according to John chapter 8, verse 58. Also, this word was is used in contrast with the verb was made or were made in verse 3, which indicates a beginning in time. It is instructive to note that because of John's theme, that Jesus is the eternal God, the second person of the Trinity, John did not include a genealogy in his prologue. By faith, let me ask you, by faith embrace this mind-boggling truth. Jesus is God. So if Jesus is God, then you don't have a genealogy for him. John chapter 1 verse 3 is a confirmation that Jesus Christ is God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In other words, Jesus Christ was the Godfather, was was God the Father's agent in creating everything in the universe. Paul said, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominion or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, we read, 
long ago and many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world in the eternal council as Jesus was about to become the sin barrier that was a farewell, there was a farewell going on in heaven. The son said goodbye to the father and their conversation is recorded in Hebrews chapter 10, verse five to seven. In essence, Jesus said to, the, to his father, I realize that you have not been satisfied with the blood of animals, so you have prepared a body for me that I may go into the world and be the final and ultimate sacrifice. I will do it because I come as it is written in the Old Testament to do thy will. And so Jesus Christ bid farewell to his father and began a journey that was to end 33 years later on a cross through a resurrection and be glorified and exalted and restored back in heaven to the glory that he had before he came. Thus the second person of the Trinity came to earth and once a year at Christmas time, we acknowledge the birth of Christ. But the real issue is not that he came. The question is why he came. Why was Jesus born? Did he come to present God, to teach truth, to fulfill the law, to offer his kingdom, to bring peace, to heal the sick, to teach those who did not have understanding about God? The answer to all of these questions is yes, yes, and yes. However, all of these are secondary reasons. The primary reason that Jesus came to earth was to suffer and die. Jesus was born to die. When the fullness of time had come, said Paul to the Galatians, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. In his record of the gospel, Matthew tells us this. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed or engaged to Joseph, before they came to Yahweh, she was found with a child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 21. Don't forget this. The primary reason that Jesus came to earth was to suffer and die. Jesus was born 
to die. Here's a praise note. In Luke chapter 1, verse 46 and 47, Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. And so Mary's son became her Savior. Question, is Jesus your Savior? You do know that people need the Lord. Would you agree to that? People need the Lord. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. Will you trust him today? Or have you already trusted him? Well, that's it for now. I'm wishing for you an amazing day. So cheer up and be glad in it. Good day.